0: I might get Oscar weekly. It's M-M-O-Weekly. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show that comes to you once a week, recapping the Hollywood week that was, getting you ready for the Hollywood week to come. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly, hashtag MMO Weekly, hashtag MMOW for the first time in a couple weeks. Uh, The first time since we started doing MMO Weekly, we actually had to take a week off from doing MMO Weekly. We almost ended up missing two weeks because of my sickness and my immune system, but we're here. Uh, I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host, also Mike. I'm really excited to take a break from the Oscar race a little bit today. Yeah. You know, we've been uh, you know covering it like crazy, reading everything we can, studying it like maniacs but we actually get to talk about some 2020 movies. Yeah, next year's Oscar race. <laughs> that's kind of true, because there's a few that might factor in. Yeah, that's very true. Which is really fun to see. But the awesome trailers this week, and I think we wanted to start there for once. Yeah, that's how we're going to start this off. So like Mike alluded to, this is MMO Weekly. This is not your Oscar race, your in-depth award season analysis. We saved those for Oscar race checkpoint. That was actually our last episode. We're in mm-hmm. the process of switching those two, so you'll be able to start your week with Oscar race checkpoint the slowest transition ever. <laughs> it takes a while. Uh, we're going to hopefully get MMO Weekly probably on like a Thursday for you guys, but as it is now, as you're listening to this probably on a Saturday morning or afternoon, and we have about two weeks worth of new trailers to recap, so this is all the other stuff going around the Hollywoods, as I like to call it Mike likes to laugh at me about, so let's start with the biggest trailers that we missed in the last couple weeks here. true Mike Wonder Woman 1984 the premise hope Pedro Pascal without the helmet from the Mandalorian and Kristen Wiig can turn their natural charm and likability into rootlessness and evil to be tubular 80s foes against Diana Prince so you were excited about this point too this movie immediately wins me over by setting itself in the year of my birth number one. Oh, okay and more importantly and this is what you're excited about yeah. forget my birthday <laughs> They went with New Orders Blue Monday as the theme song. It was great. It's so good. That's a rule of thumb, a little unwritten rule (laughs) in MMO. If you play Blue Monday, I have to love you. You have to. (laughs) It's one of the best. It was so good. And it goes in line with what's going on in the trailer, too. They match it up. I'm a sucker for that type of thing. It's very pro wrestling. Uh, This trailer debuted at Comic-Con Experience down in Brazil. And I got to tell you, Mike, I watched it, and I watched the debut. It was so reminiscent of those old Michael Jackson uh, concert videos where people are just, like, passing out... being taken out by security if i ever have big news that i need to display in front of a large group of people i'm not doing it in america i'm doing it anywhere else because these international crowds they put their heart and soul into this fandom the edge of democracy they need this right now in brazil let's just say that that's a netflix uh, documentary that could be up for an oscar watch it yeah mike uh these broad daylight special effects are jaw-dropping. So I understand why they would freak the F out over in Brazil or anywhere because, yes, people are super excited for this trailer, but it it delivers. It delivers more than average goods. These are phenomenal visuals. And we don't even get that much shown to us. Like, yes, we get Pedro Pascal. We know he's going to be the bad guy. We don't really see his powers. We see Kristen Wiig. A lot of questions are brought up for me, like, is Cheetah, is Kristen (laughs) Wiig's character going to be a lesbian love interest of Wonder Woman? I have no idea. Uh, Is Pedro Pascal just, he's playing Max Lord, is he going to be a Lex Luthor adjacent character? Again, clueless. Is Chris Pine ever actually going to stay dead in a series in which he's killed? Here's what I would say, I don't (laughs) care. I just don't care, because the visuals are so stunning. Yeah. I mean, Pedro Pascal is some kind of genie, I guess. Chris B- Pine has no business here, but I don't care because he's got such a great rapport with Gal Gadot yeah, and, and Wonder Woman, and that character works. That's a funny joke about a trash can. <laughs> I loved the first shot of her walking along the outside balcony of her regal apartment. Yeah. You see her costume through the windows. My God, my jaw literally dropped. Yeah. And then you have the mall fight, and then you have uh, you know, the the cheetah who is just a funny villain. As as of this moment so we get like some intrigue there Look, I I cannot wait for this. Yeah, it looks really, really awesome. I'm very excited about 2020 in general, just from the terms of, I think it's going to be the female ass kicker. We're getting started right away. We got Harley Quinn in the winter. We got Kristen Stewart in that movie coming out in the winter as well, which is fighting an underground alien monster. (laughs) I I can't wait for all of it. I'm very, very excited. I'm I'm with you there. Next trailer, Mike, is Free Guy. Yeah, the premise here, Ryan Reynolds playing a nondescript, increasingly self-aware side character in a video game world, all on a Disney budget. I'm in. You're not. I'm not. I'd rather just review the Wonder Woman 1984 trailer again, please. Yeah, well, you're not a big video game guy either. So he's like a regular citizen character in a game like Grand Theft Auto. That's what's happening. That's the impression I got from this, yes. I mean, I like the cast, though. You you do too. Taika Waititi should just be in everything from now on. Whether he's playing Hitler or bad guys, I don't care. I like the cast as well, but there's just no amount of Mariah Carey that could save this movie for me. I'm sorry. No, fantasy over and over again didn't do it for you? It didn't Here's suck? What if it was One Sweet Day, the song she did with Boyz to Men? Would that have changed things for you? Yeah, because that's a better build-up. You need a slower build-up. I mean, he wakes up in the morning way too effing perky. He's, a, he's not a real human. Fine, but the, <laughs> the song is too abrupt in that moment, and he's doing all of his early acting career nonsense with his face. Yeah, he's it's, not a real human. He's terrible. not a character. I don't like it. I mean, it's just another elaborate feeler out there for the world about a PG-13 Deadpool, and I don't want that. I'm not in favor of that. The obvious question that comes of this, Mike, is if you could wake up tomorrow in any video game world, even though you're not a big gamer guy, yeah. what would it be? It would be something from Ralph Breaks the Internet. It wouldn't be. Su- it wouldn't be one of these games. No, I'm sorry. Just be I don't Hubert. You under- jumping on cubes all over for the rest of time. Sure, <laughs> okay. sure. That's a choice. I don't want to be in this game. This is mayhem. This is a weird shift. I think Sean Levy is the director of this. He's directed Stranger Things. He's directed This Is Where I Leave You. Now he's going into this huge tech, shifty, heavily relying on VFX world. It's a jump. I don't think he's not. Capable of doing it, I just don't know that much about him, so I'm interested to see it. I was intrigued by the trailer. I miss this whole phenomenon, phenomena, phenomena of video games, right? right. Where you just go around and do crazy shit. Yeah, I never played those games ever. When once you get back into it, you're you're in for a treat. Once I get back into it, (laughs) no way. Forties are going to be a hell of a time for you. No, I don't want a PG-13 Deadpool. (laughs) You got me. I'm not going to see this movie out of protest. Fair. Ghostbusters Afterlife, (laughs) Michael. The premise. What 2016 reboot? Hmm? Women? No. No, that doesn't ring a bell. But look! Paul Rudd! What do you mean, Y-chromosomes? I don't follow. You sound funny. Look, Bill Murray's gonna be in this one. I love these one-way monologues. (laughs) Dialogues, really. (laughs) Mike, yes, we're both mad that 2016's Ghostbusters sucked. I wish it didn't suck. There are a few funny things about it, but overall, let's be honest, it sucked. The finale sucked. Capitalism wins. My biggest issue with this... -hmm. Why ignore it? Like you could have this movie, right? But you could have this movie in the same universe, can't you? And have those characters come back just like you're having the original Ghostbusters come back. The tone—you don't have to make the movie about them. You don't have to give them a true sequel. You could reboot the franchise again. The tone is totally different, though. It is. is It is a J.J. Abrams Spielbergian Mm -hmm. tone. You're right. And rapeman is not even going with his dad's tone. His dad's tone was just like, all right, there are ghosts popping up right. in New York City. Let, let, let's let allow these four comedians to go and, and deal with it. And that yeah. was fun. It's a business, you know, uh, getting off the ground story. Yeah. yeah, you know you're right. I mean, it, it would have been difficult to do, mm-hmm. but this is also now a director who's done such interpersonal conversations and melding of worlds, like a Juno, sure. like a Tully. I mean, Tully was basically what this Ghostbusters movie would have been: taking a fantastical, reading it with the everyday life, and having them meet in the middle. Jason Reitman is not used to going full fanta- fantasy. No, really. he's not. So, and Ghostbusters is kind of that, but you it have borders. Yeah. Well, you have the the com- comedic elements linking the two yeah right and, and it, it works in that regard here it's like a very serious tone i would quabble with this premise mike because oh you're not a fan of it if there were ghosts in the 1980s and the supernatural was now natural it's established right it's now natural dan Aykroyd was right all along mm-hmm. then why wouldn't all the phenomena immediately be assumed to be ghosts and need they need to be busted I mean everybody would be ghostbusters essentially. Interesting. Yes, I this like that. This would be a phenomenon. I it makes what you're no yeah, that's sense a good point. that people are like, "Why is this happening?" Yeah. Also, yeah. I don't buy Paul Rudd as a smart guy. You don't want Paul Rudd's seismologist in your life. It makes no sense. He doesn't play eggheads ever. I want Paul Rudd to explain to me anything else he knows about tectonic plates. <laughs> If he can go another sentence about his knowledge in tectonic plates, I will buy him in this role. But I'm willing to believe he doesn't know a thing about tectonic plates. Be funny, and I'll forgive you. He doesn't know anything. We all know this. (laughs) He was a great interview on Hot Ones, though. What a meme. Um, I I think it's kind of a cool setup. I do like Paul Rudd as a seismologist role there. I like the idea of bringing back the original Ghostbusters. I like the idea that it's more gritty. Is Finn Wolfhard just the contractually obligated smart alecky teen youth in every eighties reboot now? Yes. That's what that's his role, right? Typecasting does exist and Finn Wolfhard <laughs> proves that fact. You yeah. go further down the Finn Wolfhard rabbit hole, are we just stranger things in Ghostbusters? Yes, absolutely. We're giving the franchise to kids now, right? I guess they could have casted worse kids, though. I mean, McKenna Grace, she did an awesome job in their most recent Annabelle. Finn Wolfhard's been good as that typecast role. I'm not, I'm not arguing with it. I think it's unique. Look, Paul Rudd kind of ruined the trailer for me, and this is like the first trailer Paul Rudd's ever ruined for me. Because I like Paul Rudd, but I just don't like him in this role. I'm rooting for this movie. I don't get the tone right now. This is another interesting, I'm looking at the director and seeing what could be and what could maybe come, because like I just said earlier, Jason Reitman, to be able to pull off the directorial range going from Tully and Juno and the stuff he's been most known for, and then being able to pull off a Ghostbusters re I mean, that's a hell of a range if he could do that. I would have liked to try you know, seen him try to do his dad. Like do Ivan Reitman movies. I would not no, I wouldn't have that. wanted to do that. I mm-hmm. see, but he would have the comparison it never would have lived up, right. just because. And the comparison would have been there and it would have eaten away at his career, I think. I think this is smart. Well, this is different. Yeah, I'll, it I'll certainly give, I, was, Agree. I I was very surprised by this. Because even the last Ghostbusters, Paul Fake, is trying to do that same time. Right. Like, all right, here's a ghost in a mansion. Right. We got ghosts now. Right. Let's yeah. let's have these four really funny people try and deal with it. It's a total shift for sure, yeah, and in a lot of ways. <laughs> now, going with the kids and trying to bring more kiddies into the theater, I guess, with it. Rooting for it, we'll see. Mike, no time to die. James Bond number 25 or 27, depending if you count. a couple It depends of on what <laughs> yeah. you count. Yeah, the premise, give arguably the second best Bond ever a proper send-off, complete with Phantom of the Rhapsody tree-hugging bad guy. I guess I'll have to watch the last Bond, uh, because this looks awesome. It's a typical... This is could not be a more paint-by-numbers action movie trailer <laughs> if they were making a parody of one. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's very true. But um, aren't you okay with that kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, business? with James Bond, yeah, and Ethan Hunt. And this uh, like... James Bond and Ethan Hunt, okay, the Mission Impossible good guy, too, they need to just, I would like a 90-minute movie of them having coffee and just, it's trading war stories about all the people in their lives who have betrayed them. How do we... People get this high into a government ranking and a government, like, groups that are traitors all the time. So you don't want Bond v. V. Hunt Dawn of Justice. You want (laughs) Bond v. Hunt 21 cigarettes. Yeah, I want Bond v. Hunt, like, (laughs) tuna on rye is what I want. (laughs) Too much tuna. Bond v. Hunt, too much tuna. But no, we're never going to get that, so why bother fantasizing? Uh, Seriously, I'm legitimately scared of any man who can play a computer hacker, a man with a mal heart, Freddie Mercury, the only rock star. Amidst a group of rock stars who caused any problems whatsoever in the band Queen. Yeah, it's by unbelievable. Because none of them. It's almost had as if he couldn't flaws. defend himself. None of them had any flaws except for that one character. And now he follows that up. Here's your Oscar. He follows that up being a Bond villain in a slasher movie mask. Yeah, a great mask too. Very creepy. creepy. Uh, and Remy Malik just is going to be a creepy individual. I've, I've read saying that he's going to be this very environmentally savvy bad guy. Huh. and have something to do. Do with the earth uh, I'm excited to see it I think he can pull off Bad pretty well I love Bond I love Remy Malek I love Daniel Craig as Bond. I love Carrie Fukunaga. I'm excited for Lashana Lynch. She seems like a terrific athlete here. Yeah. And then she needed that physical presence to really handle this. Because you gotta believe her when she's shit talking James Bond. Right. And I believe her yeah. when she is shit talking James Bond. And the fact that she is shit talking James Bond makes me believe everything else about right. her. Right. Yeah. But I I love Carrie Fukunaga forever after season one of True Detective. So I agree with you. I mean, I love everybody involved here. Now this trailer is just a parody unto it. I mean, you have people literally throughout this trailer verbatim saying the lines unironically, you're the only one I trust for this. Yeah. Everyone has their secrets. We just haven't gotten to yours yet. I like the delivery on that one. Stay in your lane. You get in my lane. I will put a bullet in your knee. Uh, it's good because it sets up a, <laughs> a joke, which I liked, which is funny. And you gave up everything for her. Right. This well, is just like taking yeah. taking no like words that you know are going to be in an action movie on a dartboard, yeah. throwing five at once, seeing what they hit, mm-hmm. and that's your script. But that is a James Bond script. Yes, that's it every is. Every James <laughs> yes, Bond you're script, right. though, right? Yes, And they nail one of these lines that you do like. I do like the, the the line of history isn't kind to men who play God where Bond is seemingly saying that to Remy Malik. I think that's a badass line. And that's what they're going for, I think. They're going for a badass line here or there that yeah. you'll remember. I mean, it's a far cry from... My name is Pussy Galore. (laughs) I must be dreaming. I mean, It's a far cry from that, but still, I mean, this entire series of 25 to 27 films, I mean, you expect me to talk? No, Mr. Bond, I expect you to die! If he added what I would have written down in 15 minutes after I leave the room and this elaborate contraption I just invented eventually kills you, you, if you added all of that to be meta and to try and make a joke out of it, it wouldn't have worked. You are excited for James Bond for the first time maybe ever. No, I've really liked a lot of the Daniel Craig Bond movies. I loved Casino Royale, and then I watched a couple after that. There was one with a really weird name that I hated, Quantum of Solace, I think it was. You didn't like Quantum of Solace? I hated Quantum of Solace, Solace, whatever the (laughs) fuck that word was, because I didn't understand the title. Okay. That's it. That's a, your hang-up? A lot of endearment. Fine. <laughs> Whatever. You just say a lot of endearment. Terms of endearment. It could have been terms of endearment to the James Love Bond story. Lift us up, oh, sorry. Look, he better die at the most inopportune time. If he did, does that, I will laugh forever, and this movie will work better than Just like than eating all soup and has a heart attack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's go. I think he deserves a proper sign up. I hope this gives him one. Uh, we'll see. I'm excited. Of course it's gonna. Yeah, Of course it's gonna. Yeah, I hope so. Mulan, trailer 2, Mike the premise, we got our second look at an increasingly impressive, in-scope-looking live-action adaptation of the Disney cartoon. All right, a few quabbles, but uh, number one, after the first teaser, I was pretty stoked for the concept of this, right? You get a live-action remake, which is what Disney was doing in the 90s with their properties, their super popular properties, Jungle Book, 101 Dalmatians with Glenn Close, etc., and you cut out the music and you just dramatize these cool stories. Correct. And I'm with you. I, I I think they did that. I think they were successful in com- continuing that in this trailer. I think this looks great. The costumes I thought were phenomenal. The music, the scope. This actually, we argue all the time about how a big battlefield never looks like a big battlefield if it's mm-hmm. just forty dudes. This looks like a massive endeavor to me. So they're, you know, hedging on this the genre of a war epic Mm. a, a japanese war epic and i've seen a bunch of those i've seen a lot of great martial arts movies you know in that setting so i'm a little worried that she now becomes a sword master really really fast at least it seems so in the trailer i hope they give some reasons for that because of every martial arts movie ever or you make her a huge underdog and she's got to outwit that witch she's got to defeat the undefeatable odds so th- there's upside to the story but they gotta solve that for me like if she's just a better sword fighter than these other people I'm calling bullshit but yet you like Star Wars where people are touched by the force she's gotta be touched by the force man <laughs> you got to have that in the movie. And if she's touched by the force, great. All right, fine. Um, I, I don't remember if there was a witch in the cartoon. The only thing I remember about the cartoon is the racist dragon, okay. <laughs> which isn't in this. So I don't remember much about the cartoon at all. I think that's a good thing. The music in the first movie was good. Okay, so I'll if, take it. I just if, don't remember. If it. that's the backdrop for things going on, I'm, I'm in. But I'm almost glad I don't remember because I don't. I feel like I would just be comparing naturally yeah. the whole time, and, and I don't want to. I want this to just to be a fresh war. I epic. definitely do not want to rewatch the original before this one. I want to go in fresh and, and enjoy this one. So I'm with you in that regard. But otherwise, it looks awesome, though, right? Yeah, agree. I, I don't understand what there is to not like there. Mike coming up on Disney Plus Togo. Premise. I don't know. I don't care. I stopped watching this trailer after I saw that ominous blizzard cloud. I imagine imagine the dog stays home and makes Willem Dafoe brave it alone because fuck humans and dogs deserve happiness. Mike, my original (laughs) review was going to be I'll probably just watch The Call of the Wild instead. I almost didn't hit play on this trailer because we didn't know if we were going to review it. But I have to keep Disney Plus now because I love (laughs) these dogs. The real dogs, they add so much. It's better than CGI dogs in the Call of the Wild trailer. I'm so much more stoked for this, which comes out on December 20th on Disney Plus, than I am for the Call of the Wild. Tell your mom, Mike! I can't believe it! But what an incredible story! (laughs) What an incredible trailer! I I gotta watch this movie ASAP! Willem Dafoe's great! This looks excellent! Real dogs! Don't you worry if something bad's gonna happen to that dog? I know. I trust Disney Plus. I have a trust for Disney here. (laughs) The dog may die, but I'll be crying at the end. I know! If that dog dies, I'm killing everyone. 12 years old. I know! It's not gonna last. This is is negligent on the part of Willem Dafoe to ask this dog to do this. They'll save a whole village of children though. I would sacrifice a village of children to save one elderly dog in a heartbeat. You understand? We've had our time on this planet, we humans. All right, we screwed it up. All right, this is not a movie for you. Mike, there's no transitioning, but we have to to The Assistant. The premise, the POV of a powerful broker's assistant as she balances her way through her boss's misdeeds towards the less powerful with her own professional aspirations. All right, so this is the Harvey Weinstein cover-up office story. This is... Is terrifying absolutely terrifying I am sad that this isn't out during a warrant season Julie Garner seems like she could have been a presence here right yeah and, uh, it's something to watch at least and she's getting kind of raves even though the very uh, there's very very early scores I'm talking like seven critics on Rotten Tomatoes and yeah. like less than 100 people on IMDB they're all not great scores right now but the reviews in the trailer are great right you know the silent scream all that stuff seems like it's you know personally motivated like people related to this film Uh, and there is a lot to relate to it's very of the moment it's very omnipresent it's an important movie right yeah I would think so I'm looking forward to it we kept wanting to talk about this one ever since Bleecker Street purchased the rights to it not that long ago Um, it's here the trailer I thought was kind of I don't know how you can watch that and not at least be intrigued to see how it plays definitely, out. Definitely. I'll see this movie. Go right. Baker Street. 65 Metascore is good enough for me. 5.5 IMDb. All right. That tells me it's a vegetables movie. It's sad that it's not out during awards season, but I'm, I'm, in, I'm in. Yeah, same here. I'm, I'm very interested to see it, whether it's an awards movie or not. All right, Mike. In the Heights. The premise. Hamilton, but movie. Mike, <laughs> did we just watch a trailer for a 2020 Best Picture nominee? Yes. Yes, right? I mean, I've, absolutely. With the way Hollywood always trends liberal too, and the Academy loves being—we just saw the SAG go for the ultimate uh, feminist movie with Bombshell. This, it, it, yes, this but is going to be forget nominated. all of that. The, we might just have a nominee here for the production values for the Lin Manuel Miranda uh, musical. That's just going to be awesome. It looks—I'm not a musical guy, and this right. looks fantastic. I, I was really impressed by how it looked, and I, it's a very American story right now. I thought it was incredible. Good for Warner Brothers. They need a hit. I mean, you get Lin-Manuel writing a musical. You get Ch- John Chu, director of Crazy Rich yep. Asians, able to pull this off. I mean, the, the the music is great. I loved it. It was catchy. Everything is very is sung very clearly. It's not a La La Land thing where, I mean, my only issue with La La Land is they really didn't sing well. I mean, the music didn't sound as good. It sounds better on the soundtrack, yeah. but I couldn't be more impressed with this trailer. My question is, how did Disney not get this And this feels like a Disney movie through and through. It's the Disneyification of everybody else, maybe. Yeah, I mean. But, I mean, uh, let's go. I mean, this this looks awesome. I'm excited for it. Also, interesting, this is coming out the same year as West Side Stories Remake. Spielberg's obviously been helming that for the last couple of years himself. And this is, I think it's going to beat it to the punch. I think West Side Stories is coming out in the winter next year. Yeah. So, we're going to see. We're going to get our fill of musicals, starting with Cats, coming out today. But, uh, we're going to get our fill of musicals in the next few months, especially. The next six to eight months. And we're going to see how those play. I would be, this seems like something that should make... Half a billion easily, I would think. I think Cats comes out next week, to be honest Uh, with you. There's preview showings tonight. I just looked. Oh, no. Yeah. Does that mean you're going to see Cats tonight? Absolutely not. Here's the thing. I was going to ask you, and fans, let us know. Do you want us to review Cats? (laughs) Because this might be, like, I was thinking about it. That might be our number one episode of all time. If we put it out there and we crush it and we're dog people, you never know. I'm I'm speaking all right I'm speaking some inside baseball some you're getting a behind the scenes moment right now I'm ambushing my am, I am I am I'm just seeing fire I was talking to Andrew <laughs> about this he's like you you might be idiots if you don't reveal it I guess it's something we could talk about I'm just <laughs> I hate the animal in general. I'm so allergic to it. I'm not a musicals guy. I hate the animal (laughs) in general. That's your criticism of cats at this point. That thing is going to be terrible. (laughs) That movie is going to be awful. But what if it's awesomely awful? No. I don't (laughs) don't see it. I don't know. Let us know. If you want us to cover it, we'll do whatever. We're (laughs) prostitutes. (laughs) All right. No way to transition. No, this is tough. This is sad news. And this hit me... Right when I walked in at a recording, yeah, it just day. happened early this. this morning. Danny Aiello, uh, obviously best, probably best known for the supporting actor nominee from Spike Lee's "Do the Right Thing," passing away this morning at 86 years of age. Yeah. Uh, just a quick rundown of what he's done: 106 credits on IMDb, including four of which, which are currently listed as either in post-production or pre-production right now. Aiello probably best known from his string of memorable supporting characters from the late '80s to early '90s hits. He's got movies that not only include "Do the Right Thing," but also as a in Moonstruck, Hudson Hawk, Jacob's Ladder, things of the like. Obviously, big loss to the Hollywood community, uh, big loss to the Academy community. Our thoughts and are with his friends and family right now. As always, uh, he was memorable, one of the more memorable character actors from that time period. He's in so many great films. I mean, The Godfather Part Two, uh, obviously. Do the Right Thing. We reviewed him in that. Yeah. Uh, the Purple Rose of Cairo, Broadway, Danny Rose. I mean, Moonstruck. We saw him at the beginning of that mm-hmm. film. He's been in so many New York movies. He, he is a quintessential New York actor. And, and he did get typecast a little bit, but he's such a good uh, thespian. He's so good at his job that he overcame that throughout his career. And uh, he's just going to go down uh, as one of the, the, the better supporting actors, one of the better uh, actors of his, his time period. Yeah, yeah. Kind of surprising, too. Only one. All the memorable characters he has. Only one Academy Award nominee. I was, I was a little surprised to see that, but... Uh look like we always say it's always sad we always think and give our hearts out to the th- families and friends and there's really no way to try and move on from these types of situations so we just try to make things a little more lighthearted and a little more fun moving on we'll transition into some audience interaction stuff right now yep we got Adam Driver to Adina Menzel uh, six degrees of MMO challenge for last week. We get right off into the efficiency awards. Michael Kobe Mac at Colby told me said Adina Menzel is in the upcoming un- Uncut Gems with Adam Sandler. Sandler shares the same name, <laughs> the same first name with Adam Driver. That's Colby learning. That's he's going right for the efficiency award. He's learned the student has become the teacher there. Howard Ratner, Hayden underscore Petty, Adam Driver in Force, awakens with Harrison Ford. Ford is in Crossing Over with Josh Gad. Josh Gad, of course, with Adina Menzel in Frozen. Josh Gad is in Crossing Over. That's bizarre. (laughs) That's like uh, Jack Black is in The Jackal. I always thought Jack Black Hmm. was the babysitter from the first Home Alone. Oh, yeah. But he's not. He's definitely not. He's definitely not. One Star Bazaar at One Star Bazaar says Adam Driver and Logan Lucky with David Denman. David Denman is in Fanboys with Kristen Bell. Kristen Bell's in Frozen with Adina Menzel. Why was Kristen Bell in Fanboys? I, she has a lot of it <laughs> Interesting. All right. The Movie Marathon is podcast at Movie Maripod. Driver it has a good chance of getting his first Oscar from Noah Baumbach's Netflix film. Baumbach directed Netflix's The Meyerowitz Story featuring a dramatic turn from Sandler, who is in talks for Oscar nominations for his role in Uncut Gems, also starring Adina Menzel. And he said, do I get points for not including Frozen? <laughs> Great podcast, by the way. Listen to it. I'm going to be on one of their episodes. Top five best. Bad- Best, best Picture noms of the decade that'll be coming up I think in three weeks but we recorded it uh, you know this past week so God I mean, help you if you didn't include the social network high on your list Well a teaser I won't say <laughs> but uh, maybe and maybe not the Cinema Guys at the Cinema Guys I uh, love their pod as well Adam Driver was once a Marine the Marine star John Cena who was in a Halloween WWE Raw with the Muppets. God help you, Mike. It's true. (laughs) Who have spoofed multiple John Travolta films. Of course, they have. And Travolta, we all know, famously announced Adina Menzel as Adele Dezim at the Oscars in 2014. I'm smiling from ear to ear that entire (laughs) entry. That's awesome. Yes, great job, cinema guys. Jareen Boulokura, my apologies if I mispronounced that, at Age of Irony. And Rob at RA114211. And Ken Murray at Murray Maker, M U R R A Y, Maker. All right, there's an even shorter version these all came up with. Adam Driver was in the Meyerowitz stories with Adam Sandler, who was in Uncut Gems with Dina Menzel. When the setup takes like a quarter as long, or like four times as long, I should say, as the delivery of the answer, that's how you know you got a good, decent efficiency award winner there. Super efficient. Great job, <laughs> all three of you. At Dark Nook shop, they came up with another theme of the week, Mike, yes. and here's what he said. Here's my challenge for the week. All the links have to make physical contact. Adina Menzel played the bad kisser girlfriend of Steven Pasquale in Rescue Me, episode 113. All right. In the same episode, Pasquale punches Dennis Leary. Dennis Leary makes contact with Robert De Niro in Wag the Dog. De Niro famously kissed Juliette Lewis in Cape Fear. Oh, boy. Lewis is used as a human shield by Benicio Del Toro in The Way of the Gun. <laughs> Benicio makes contact with Kelly Marie Tran in Star Wars The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. That's right. Tran makes lots of contact with John Boyega <laughs> in the same movie. Boyega makes contact with Harrison Ford in Star Wars The Force Awakens. And, of course, Ford makes the last contact with Adam Driver in the same movie. Okay. God. (laughs) That <laughs> got depressing at the end. <laughs> a very good theme of the week Yes, there great job, Dark as Nook. always, by Dark Nook. Uh, the He Knows Us Too Well Award at this point goes to, could probably go to a billion people right. on this list, but we gave it to Mark Burgundy at The One Hanson. Okay, here's my attempt this week to incorporate the last eight participants of Six Degrees of MMO. My God. Adam Driver is in Marriage Story, which is in contention for the Best Picture Award alongside Jojo Rabbit, which is directed by Taika Waititi, whose film Hunt for the Will to People Has been praised on Twitter by Paul F. Tompkins, who also is on Twitter, has often mentioned and praised Fred Rogers, who had a small cameo in The Burbs with Carrie Fisher, who was at Cougar Club with Faye Dunaway, who was pictured at the 1995 Show West with Martin Lawrence... Deaf who com- was in this deaf comedy jam with Chris Tucker, who in 2014 performed a show at Sands Bethlehem Event Center. What are you talking about with it? as well as Dina Menzel? How do you know that? How do we not pick this as the winner? We're idiots. I mean, look, I mean, look, the winner's gonna be awesome. Yeah. And it is awesome, but this one I didn't realize the degree of difficulty here. He only went with the eight last eight participants of our freaking game that we invent. He works at the Sands Bethlehem Event Center, right? How does he know Adina Menzel and Chris Tucker performed there in 2014? I don't know. He knows us too well, and he knows everything too well. He could have get he could have got the name of this next award as well. Yes, because this is the man who knew too much award. It goes to Swamp Thing at Wojciech Weischer. Sure? He says this is my attempt. I hope you like it. Driver was considered to play Lex Luthor in BBS Batman vs Superman, where Ben Affleck debuted as the Dark Knight. I considered a connection to Gal Gadot and through Ralph Breaks the Internet to Adina Menzel, but thought it was too easy. So he's just letting you know the efficiency award isn't good enough for him. He's toying with us. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Affleck was considered to play Billy Loomis in Scream. I've never heard that. That role went to Skeet Ulrich, who was later considered... Uh, to play in Armageddon as A.J. Frost, Ben Affleck's character. Imagine how different Skeet Ulrich's career could have been. That's a weird (laughs) Skeet Ulrich role. Ulrich played in the criminally underrated TV series Miracles, shot by Ernest Holtzman, who's also responsible for the Cloverfield, starring Mike Vogel, who was a runner-up to play Captain Kirk in Star Trek from 2009, but lost to Chris Pine, who was considered... (laughs) in in the Jake Sully role in Avatar before this role goes to Sam Worthington. Sam Worthington was in consideration to play James Bond in Casino Royale before the role went to Daniel Craig, who, by the way, has a cameo in Force Awakens as one of the stormtroopers in the scene between Rey and Kylo Ren, played by Adam Driver. <laughs> Both Craig and Adina Menzel received a star on the Walk of Fame in what I think is 2010. I don't know if that's 2010, though. Probably not. I Great. Can't job by Wojciech there, (laughs) writing. uh, That's also up for Book of the Week, I guess. I like when people have to have so much information, they put it in their notes folder and then take a screenshot of it and that's the only way they can give it to us. There's Um, the miniature screenshot of the screenshot covering the date, so I don't know what date that is. They could have gotten a Hollywood Walk of Fame star in any year, I don't know. 1987, and they were all looking forward. The Mr. Skin Award goes to Oliver Hetherington Page at a twist of Oliver. I wanted to challenge myself by connecting everyone via sexy times he says driver to Johansson to phoenix to beats to glover to phoebe waller bridge to andrew scott to dominic west to renee zellweger to finn wittruck yeah to angela bassett to lady gaga and tay diggs to adina menzel and he used on-screen links we didn't read his what he put out there he used off-screen links uh between this chain i don't know if this is great or if, Mike, we've done something wrong. <laughs> we've unlocked something suppressed in some of the listeners. We've unleashed something <laughs> in the <laughs> or Hether- Hetherington pages of the world. <laughs> because this is insane. Go and read that whole thing. They all had sexy times, either on screen or off. Which of those pairings do you want to see have sa- No, never mind. Nolan Saves Christmas. That's a dangerous question. That's a question for a whole podcast. You're an evil man, but the answer is Angela Bassett and Lady Gaga. But let's keep going. Nolan Saves Christmas at Nolan Roberts 17 it says, in honor of the mishap from the last round, this entry includes Adina Menzel, Fred Rogers, Chadwick Boseman, and Adam Driver. Great. Adam Driver is in Lincoln with Dane DeHaan, who is in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Another film based on Spider-Man is Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm -hmm. Very good. Which features Michael Keaton, who got a start on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, hosted by Fred Rogers. Says who? (laughs) Who was inducted into the Television Hall of Fame the same year as Carl Reiner. The creator of the Dick Van Dyke Show, starring Dick Van Dyke, who was in Mary Poppins Returns, who, which was nominated for Best Costume Design at the 91st Academy Awards, but lost to Black Panther, which stars Chadwick, Chadwick Boseman, who was in 42 with Alan Tudyk, who was in Frozen with Adina Menzel. Shh, Christ! I would, I don't, I want proof that Michael <laughs> Keaton got his start on Mister Rogers' Neighborhood. That sounds like something that should be much more well known than it is if it's true. I, I, I have nothing to say. I just I'm gonna assume he's right. I'm gonna tip my hat to him. Great job once again. Yeah, phenomenal job by Nolan Roberts. But we have for the first time ever in six degrees of MMO history. Yeah, our first back to back to back champion. Where has Nebis been gone? By the way. I mean, he's getting pushed off to the back page here by film objective MC Myers, who is the first ever three-time repeat-repeat champion like the Lakers in the 80s, Michael. MC Myers is now far left on the Mount Rushmore (laughs) of six degrees of MMO champs. This three-peat performance is going to make him iconic and legendary forever. Look, he connected each step Uh, to something Adam Driver did before becoming an actor. So we'll go back and forth. Which, let's preface this. Probably a lie. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm sure he knows, it. I'm sure it's true. But I don't know how you would know this thing. But let's go back and forth, like you said, Mike. Let's all learn about Adam Driver (laughs) right now. All right, number one, he was a door-to-door vacuum cleaner salesman. Earlier this year, Adam Driver starred in the report with John Hamm, whose FBI agent character in bad times at the El Royale was disguised as one of these. And then a telemarketer, John Hamm's first role, is listed on Wikipedia as playing Winnie the Pooh in first grade. In the film Christopher Robin, Toby Jones played Owl. He also played Shmi in Finding Neverland, starring Johnny Depp. Who sold ballpoint pens over the phone for a living before becoming an actor? That's the worst kind of telemarketer. <laughs> Mike, number three founding a real fight club. Jones played the voice of Dobby in the Harry Potter series, which also featured Helena Bottom Carter. Okay, I get it now, who started Fight Club. So this isn't actually what what Adam Driver was doing then? I guess he found it a real fight There's club. There's no way. And he connected it to fight club. <laughs> Singing in the church choir. Carter was the Red Queen in Tim Burton's Alice in Wonderland. Burton nearly directed Superman Lives, starring Nicolas Cage, who is now equally famous for grabbing the ass of a choir girl and thinking thanking Jesus for its proportions at the beginning of Face Off as for not playing Superman okay true it connects to a (laughs) choir all right a playful arsonist (laughs) this is probably where he wins cage starred in knowing yeah he did directed by alex proya who also directed the crow whose villain top dollar like driver in his early years was a notorious fan of setting things on fire playfully i like to think that this is all true, still I'm not wavering from that. Fra- I, I just think Adam Driver has a fire problem. <laughs> oh and then finally, what we know for is a fact is true. A soldier, Ben Mendelsohn was also in Knowing and in Slow West with Michael Fassbender, who played Lieutenant Archie Hickox in Inglorious Bastards, whose bear Jew character played by Eli Roth was actually written for Adam Sandler who starred this year in Uncut Gems with Adina Menzel. Incredible. What a great job by MC Myers. Great job, everybody. Thank you for playing along and making this so much fun as it is week to week. Michael, uh, I guess first we need to talk about and give MC Myers his chair love because it is a new month. I don't think we've started the new chair yet, even though the month's halfway over. It has to be a sled, right? It has to be a sled. It's pulled by Togo and (laughs) whatever the dog's name from the Call of the Wild. Right, those two dogs. But they don't like each other, so they just keep going. Going in opposite directions? They do. Right. So it's really going nowhere. The, sled the sled sled's goes going nowhere. nowhere yeah. But that's the whole idea. Right. It's supposed to stay put. Exactly. And they're in a, in a tug of war. Right. Because the dogs have ripped the sled down the middle. Um, there is uh, there, there there is mistletoe hanging above this chair, mm-hmm. but nobody wants to go near it because of these insane dogs. <laughs> it's just dogs barking at each other with random <laughs> plants hanging over us. This is the type of chair that if you came upon it in a winter wonderland's wood, it, you would immediately realize you were in Krampus. Yes, <laughs> this is a Krampus type of chair. It makes sense in Krampus. It's bizarre. Uh, th- that's where we started. We can't take it back now. <laughs> you are the winner of all things Six Degrees of MMO Bragging Rights. MC Myers, somebody's got a knock him off his perch, quite frankly. Uh, you guys came close this week. There were a lot of wonderful contributions. Let's see what you can do next week as we have your next challenge for next week's Six Degrees of MMO, Michael. It is the week of Star Wars. We will review it, we think, we hope. Yeah. Daisy Ridley is the star and we're gonna go to... The fact that we have an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical coming out—it's Yeah. coming out. There's no avoiding it. We may review it. You have to tell us if you want (laughs) us to review it. Please don't. But we have Daisy Ridley to Andrew Lloyd Webber. He is, of course, behind the original Cats. He he also is responsible for this new Cats. If we ever had someone, I was sure had no chance participating as part of 6 degrees of MMO. I think it's Andrew Lloyd when I would alive? put the most money on. It. Yeah, he just did the song with Taylor Swift for cats. Oh, okay. Yeah. We're sure. I maybe. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Maybe he's a playful arsonist. Let's move on to a box office update. Uh, Mike what do we have? Big redeer for Disney, right? Okay, so we have two weeks of box office to discuss quickly here. Frozen 2 won it all. Yeah. It had an $85 three-day opening, a $124 five-day record last week. It had a $34.7 million weekend this past week. And it now has totals of 345 domestically, 584 internationally, for 929 worldwide. It's heading towards a billion. Like MC Myers, it spent three weekends on top. Uh, this time, Frozen <laughs> was on top of the box office, not of Six Degrees of MMO. It's going to be Disney's sixth one billion dollar grossing film of 2019 alone. They're probably going to get a seventh in Episode Nine. Can they get that before before the end of the year? No, they're no, probably not. So Episode have- Nine's having some hiccups in its marketing. People are saying some things that I think they're going to wish they didn't say. Uh, that's the how it reads to me. The toy companies are spoiling it. I'm, I'm staying far away from it. But if Palpatine is... Yeah, you're not is, hanging out in children's aisles anymore? Is that what you, uh, the admission you just had? It's <laughs> terrible. No, I'm staying away from the marketing on the internet. Michael. Oh, okay. I'm staying away from kitty things on the internet. <laughs> that sounds worse. <laughs> Look, if, here's my worry about mm-hmm. that movie. If Palpatine... Is Ray's father? Wouldn't that be the worst thing? Yes, Re- I think retconning Ray's I father. Am your father. Retconning Ray's father do at it. all? Don't do I it. I would hate. Don't do it, JJ. Let, let her be. Uh, from let nothing. Ryan Johnson be clever, exactly. JJ. Let him stay exactly. Clever. All right, number two, Knives Out had a $42 million five-day for its opening week, and then it had a $14.2 million weekend last week. Its totals uh, now are 68 domestically, 61 internationally for 129 worldwide. That's making money. It's already done more than three times its listed budget. It's doing a healthy take overseas just as much as stateside. Ryan Johnson and Lionsgate have a bona fide success here on their hands. Movie is probably just another week or a few days away from being the second biggest grossing Lionsgate film of the year stateside. Uh, I've Got no chance of catching John Wick 3, but Lionsgate has done well for itself here in 2019. And Lionsgate used to pick more of these out, right? I mean, they used to pick a lot more... You know these stuff hits. I feel hits. like that. Yeah, I, I'd have to do a little research, but it feels that way. Yeah, it's nice well, to see. Maybe them. they have all along, but yeah. they, they, they get another big hit here. It's a testament to their company. Number three, both weeks, Ford v Ferrari. It made 13 million one weekend, 6.5 the next. Its totals now are 93 domestically, 77 internationally, 170 total. Had a hundred million dollar budget, so it is getting. It's inching close to breaking even. I'd yeah, say. it's got a ways to go. I, th- I mean, if you're going by two and a half, it's got to get to 250. It's getting It's already getting less than 10 million dollars a week well I mean if it keeps making some money then it probably could break even on video if it gets to like Hopefully. 220. Yeah. maybe it gets another a second life with the oscar thing yeah. it, it did well it had a good week for itself mike number four both weekends yeah oh, i think that's true the top five was the same both uh, for the last two weeks wow a queen and slim 11.7 in its opening 6.5 in its follow-up it is now up to 29 million domestically good for queen and slim good for queen and slim you're absolutely right it's nice to see that had a big box office they're coming off a little bit of a controversy too the director came out and said that the HFPA just didn't go to the FYC screenings, and that's why Queen and Slim was shut out. I who know, I mean that's one side of the story, so who knows how much merit there is to it. But that's, Weird. that was the uh, that yeah, was the word. I don't think that fits, but I, mean, I don't think that fits at why it's not nominated. Yeah. I I like the movie. I'm going to review it at the end of this episode. But we have a beautiful day in the neighborhood. It Got 11.8 in its first weekend, 5.2 in its second weekend, 45 million is its total thus far. So that's the big story, right? We had this top five remaining the same for two weeks in a row. You uh, we just went through them, one through five. That's not going to be the case this week because we have a very quick Do You Care segment coming up and we're going to have a couple big, massive national yep. titles. One in particular is probably going to make a billion dollars. Yes. And it's not even Star Wars yet, so we'll talk about it. My goodness. The Irishman, Mike, got 17 million viewers per account on its first five days by Nielsen with Netflix claiming 26 million in its first seven days. All right, look, Netflix. Yeah. I tried looking at these numbers and reading up on them literally three different ways to try and get an interpretation. And frankly, that already in and of itself is too much work to understand how many people watched a thing, okay? (laughs) I have no idea what these numbers mean. All we know for sure is Netflix counts an account as a view if they've tracked the account to have watched at least 70% of a film's runtime, including credits. That's it. Slash Film got their reporting. They reported the 17 million number from Nielsen, but Nielsen apparently only counts, as they say in the article, television sets in America. Mm. And as the writer says, so if you're watching The Irishman on an iPad in Canada, you're not part of the number. Or an iPad in America. Or an iPad in America, as it would seem, yes. So... I don't know what these numbers mean. Mm -hmm. A lot of people watch The Irishman. Netflix needs to kind of give us a little more, I think, because this whole being in secret thing, if they're going to take down the movie industry, (laughs) I don't think that's fair for people like us. Um, I understand there's probably money in staying silent and they're only kind of revealing them to their advertisers and stuff uh, or the people they sell our information to behind our backs without our knowledge. But let's get a little more clarity on these numbers. But yes, a lot of people watch The Irishman. Probably more than if there were if it went to theaters. I'm just gonna take away from all of that. A lot of people watch the Irishman. Yeah, that's And right. that's that's I'll be good right there. It's a good place to laugh. I don't On care. It. I yeah. don't care. That, that should have been <laughs> in a do you care segment. But Mike, we got that now. I've gotta know. Do you who care? And rush should we? This is the Do You Care segment. This is where we take other news stories of the week. We ask each other, do we, should we, or will we care about them? We gave you a little preview of that, like Mike said, with the Irishman numbers from before. But we have a quick Do You Care this week. We're just catching up on titles that have been released, uh, both limited and wide, and coming on streaming, Mike. So this week, as far as theatrical releases go, going wide, we have Richard Jewell. Yes. Black Christmas. No. Jumanji, the next level. Yes. That's going to make a shitload of money. I'm going to see it. Uh, Bombshell goes wide. Uncut Gems goes wide. Definitely. Going limited, we have Seberg. Yeah, probably. It's coming to Amazon, though, so I might wait. A Hidden Life. Yes. Why? And Cunningham. I don't know. I don't know (laughs) what that is. I should have looked it up. But VOD, I mean, you can buy it, but I I can't wait till we can rent it because I'm going to rent it in fabric. I can't wait for that. Peter Strickland's a madman. Are you going to watch Judy again? Absolutely not. Really, it's not. I ne- It's not a memorable anything. Not, for You're me. not going to even rewatch it for like a category uh, review. Pro- yeah. For that, I probably will. You probably will. Left to my own device. If I, if we, we weren't doing, doing this, I wouldn't. Because I'm like curious. Aren't you sickly curious to, to, to just to see it again? Yeah, I, Maybe I'm we'll curious like it more. to see. Yeah, I'm curious to see if I missed something the first time. Yes. I listened to Feinberg's interview with her and Renee Zellweger's. She's cool. I'm I, so I kinda- jaded by this fact that everyone's willing to bend over backwards and give her her second Academy Award, but with. Leo it's a fucking impossibility yeah. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> with you, with you, with you. All right. QT eight, the first eight. This is a documentary about the first eight films of Quentin Tarantino. They only had specialty screenings, Mike, a couple months back. This is now coming on video. I think we can rent this. We gotta rent this. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's something that I, I was not aware of until those words left your mouth just now. That is fascinating. Absolutely I, I something I want to see. I can't wait. I, I gotta I gotta watch this like tonight. I, I mean, just got in my special edition uh Blu-ray of Once okay. Upon a Good. time in Hollywood and I can't wait to tear through it nice uh, next week's theatrical releases of course we have Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker that's going to make a jillion dollars and Cats that's going to make four dollars do you think Cats is going to make no money though? no I it's think Cats is going to do well yeah I think, think, think I mean, the music, it's, it's a good litmus test I guess now that I'm thinking about it in real mm-hmm. time for the musical audience mm-hmm because are they going to repeat watch something just because it's a musical regardless and it has high production values? Or are they going to be put off by something that looks like a nightmare? <laughs> I think the nightmare is a strange drop. Yeah. I think... It could be that, too. Yeah. All right. So this past week, we're get, we're having six Underground on Netflix. I I'm think, surprised you haven't watched that yet. I think. Well, it's out now. It's out I I can't watch it. You get up early. (laughs) I can't watch it today. We're dealing with shit. All right. uh, I'll watch it tomorrow. All right. right. (laughs) You know me too well. All right. But next week, we have The Aeronauts on Amazon Prime. Talk about something that felt like a lead balloon, no pun intended. Yeah. It might get in VFX. Yeah. I've I've seen that, but nobody else, right? But I'm going to have to watch it, though. And I didn't want to have to watch it. All right. Togo on Disney Plus. I'm going to watch it because I think it looks you're, great. You're a braver man than I am. I've already seen The Two Popes. I'll review it. Uh, I think we'll review it I together. think we're going to give that an OSP. We're that sounds try. like something. Either yeah. we'll connect it to an Oracle. It'll or we'll, do something. Yeah. We'll yeah. do something with that because I think that's an important movie. So that all that being said, I want to review a few important movies in what we're watching. Thank you. Now look, let's, let's be honest about this because I previewed what we're watching on the end of our ORC last episode. Yeah. I want to say two things. One... I promised I would have a marriage story rant coming. That's coming. It's not going to be in this episode. Org. Because we had like 15 pages worth of stuff to get through. Yeah. Which we've done pretty economically. I'm proud of us. Good for us. We can take three hours with this section now. Two, I was sick. Mm-hmm. You would think that would give me a lot of downtime to watch things. I've always watched things when I was sick. You I mean, usually do. You'd usually do. I wa- but see, I watched just nothing. <laughs> like, it, I watched things, but they were nothing. I basically was just waiting for the hours to end so I can go to bed. <laughs> that's that's how I spent it. it's so, torture, though, isn't it? Apparently not. This <laughs> is not something I planned on. But anyway, I don't have much. Mike had a ton of stuff over two weeks. Mike watches everything. I mean, quite literally everything. It's, it's very respectable, and I'm quite jealous of it. I don't watch everything. Like, there's a lot of critics out there that probably have seen more than 200 films from this year. I'm like at 189 or something. I'm, I'm getting there. But I, I'm working on it. You watch a lot of the new stuff, though. You make a point to get out to the theater and see the new stuff as it comes out. And I'm watching a streaming. lot of TV yeah. shows right now. I'm not going to do any of those this week, but I, I started Mrs. Maisel... I've been watching The Watchmen, I've been doing, uh, you know, Dublin Murders, and... Uh... You're sticking with Dublin Murders, huh? Yeah, and of course I've been watching The Mandalorian, and I'm excited to watch episode five or six. Or whatever We're still hell. in on Baby Yoda. Is, yeah. Oh, who's never <laughs> not in on Baby Yoda? <laughs> okay, good. All right. So, Mike had to cut this down. He's giving us the basically the creme de la creme picks or things he really wants to talk mm. about now. Queen in and but- Slim. Yes. Queen and Slim is perhaps the most romantic film of the year. Really, I, I was just like smitten with this from the jump. Uh, they start with the first date. They go. I mean, it was really great. I was rooting so hard for them, without giving anything away. The movie is enraging, and I don't know if it's meant to enrage me, but it's it's. It, you have such racist effing idiots in this film that the the whole world is a nightmare. Mm. And when you think about from your liberal bubble, from my liberal bubble these people actually existing. It's gross. It's gross. It drives me insane. I I know a lot of cops. I coach with a lot of cops, right? We work with high school kids together. And all of the cops that I know, I know of their patients. I know how they work with kids. I know they're not like this in any way, shape, or form that I know of. Right. And I know they're not racist. Well, yeah. There are, you know, it's the same as anything else. There's good as there's bad. This is me ignorantly saying, I don't know of this world. And I, I guess... Movies like this are, are really important to show freaking idiots like myself that that there is this bullshit going on and everybody's gotta get together to stop it. Yeah. I think that's a good moral of the story to have. I know um this movie has been tough for a lot of people. Yeah. Colby Mack reached out to me on the on the DMs on Facebook uh-huh. asking if I had the scene that I had and you had and I, I relayed that information he was saying it was tough for him as well in certain aspects maybe not the same ones the way you see it as but well, we didn't really get into it deep but I know it's been tough for people I don't understand the antagonism of, of this film I don't understand it like it's illogical to me the antagonism from the white cops and from the people hunting them down I don't get it I don't get I don't get how you can watch that video uh, I maybe mean, we all know in, in the commercials and, and think that these people were not doing it out of self defense I don't understand how i I don't right, get it. Right. Like I don't get how they're you know, they're spending all their resources on the manhunt demonizing well, these people. There's a there's something to it too that it can be a learning tool for people that are in the bubbles, like you and I, like you just said. And it could be something that other people relate to. Yeah, so, as this. a movie critic, I would criticize the antagonism as making no fucking sense. But here's the, me saying I'm not dumb enough to realize, or I'm not ignorant enough to realize that this is, isn't still happening. Right. You're not it saying it doesn't happening. happen and it's not realistic. Right. That's but not what, what you're they saying. portray in the film to me is just batshit insane. Like, Have, it makes me angry. Having not seen the film, I'm not going to try to comment on it. I'll, all I will say is I know, I do know some bad people that happen to be police officers, yeah. and I've come across them, and I know their mindset, and they shouldn't be. Yeah, and I, I believe they're out there. I, obviously, I believe stories like this right. are true, and that's this—that's the insane gross. part. It's it, gross. And you, it, that's what yeah, I'm, I'm watching. I'm just shaking my head. I'm like, how is this fucking true still? Mm-hmm. It's terrible. So, but a good movie overall. It is a strong. The movie has its strengths, no doubt. Strengths. Lena Waith can really write. Melina Matsukis can really direct. They're going to be forces to reckon with in the future. Daniel Kaluuya is always good. Yeah. Jodie Turner Smith bursts onto the scene. God, here. I wanted her to break through. Yeah, it's, it's one of those performances that maybe her third performance from now, she will break yeah. through at the Oscars. Okay. I wouldn't surprise me. You could me see if I, it. Yeah, she, she's a great at young actress, and she's going to crush it. I mean, they're in my top 15s, so though. I'll be honest with you, they're not in my top fives. I do think this is like ab four eighty five for me. It's a strong B because of the highs are better than the few lows. Good. But again, the few lows are justifiable in a way. Yeah. And mm. the cinematography's gorgeous. Uh, again, it's a romantic movie. I was really, really happy... Uh, with the, the, the level of the film uh, but you know some some of the story things don't work for me like there's another shooting in the film that, that didn't make any sense either I mean it makes sense but it doesn't make sense and that's why I'm just torn this movie tears me
1: you're a uh, Natalie
0: Ambruglia song I, I appreciate the attempt at a joke there because you're a lot of things this is how you feel this is how I feel yeah. I am a lot of things cold and I am shamed, lying naked on the floor I probably deserve to be that <laughs> That's giving away too much information. Another movie that I watched was Honey Boy. And I wish this had more Oscar legs because I have so much more respect for Shia LaBeouf, that plagiarizer, after this movie because he actually told the most honest story he could think of. This is the best apology for plagiarism I've ever seen in my entire life. I wonder... If it does have Oscar legs, despite the rundown we just gave in ORC last episode. Feinberg had it all over his forecast before this new swath of nominations. And I, I, he thought it was a, a bona fide movie contender for, for a bunch of awards. Noah Jupe, Lucas Hedges also gives strong performances. Alma Harrell is great as a, as a, as a, as a or one of her first few films yeah. to, in the directing chair. The cinematography, my God, it is tremendous. And the story really moves me. There's a scene in the bathroom that f- I can't get over. I mean, it's, it's one of the best performances of the year. Shia LaBeouf, in any other year, is getting nominated for this. Is there any glaring reason that you think this hasn't been embraced wholly? People haven't seen it. That's you think guess. that's what it is? People haven't gone to see it. It's just not getting yeah. out there. It's a shortened season. That's my guess at this point. Because And, and there's a lot of other great nominees in this category. That's true. It is a Well, when Joe Pesci comes out of retirement to grace the supporting actor category with his presence, yeah, that's a great point. And he tells you, don't call him. <laughs> don't call him. That was just a message to Pesci's family. I'm doing this for Marty. I'm not doing this for you. Yeah. Mike, I've watched a couple more things on Netflix, Billy on the Street. Is he still making dreams come true? Uh, he makes me laugh so He's, hard. This is the most genius concept for a show. I get so exhausted, but right now I'm watching like three in a row every time. Of course. i watch three. You can't watch one. Two is probably the right amount to watch. Okay. Because I'm laughing so hard, but three, I always go for three, and then I leave exhausted. I have said to Billy Eichner's uh, Instagram page a couple times, and he's liked it both times. There was nobody more suited and better at their jobs than Billy Eichner, except for maybe Ruthie Carter. But that's it. That's the list. And I love it so much. I never really watched a lot of it. I always watched some highlights on the internet from, from a while back, but I never watched it on Funny or Die. So I'm up to season three now. And it's just great. And I, I, it's derailing my movie watching. I would have watched 40 films this past, you know, I'm binging Billy on the street instead. How how frequent is it for you who has lived in New York once upon a time that a man just runs up to people and screams in their face anyway? I never had, like, weird street <laughs> no. encounters. Oh, all right. So I, I can't really tell you uh, anything weird that happened to me on the streets. Fair. Tomorrow. All right. I'll be honest. That's good. I was probably in buildings watching movies more often than not. And the movies that made us... There you go. Dirty Dancing, Home Alone, Ghostbusters, Die Hard. This is a series on Netflix. It's season one. They made four episodes, which basically it's like a making of, you know, 40 minutes. Are they mini documentaries? Of... Is that what yeah. they are basically? Yeah. It's the making of Dirty Dancing, Home Alone, Ghostbusters, and Die Hard. You get an episode on each. Who doesn't want to watch that? Right. Of course I watched yeah. it. Yeah. Mike Birbiglia, the new one. This has a few things that I want to make mention of. Number one, it's very funny and it has narrative heft though, which is something so cohesive with a million jokes in it that I can't get my head around how he does this. Huh? I mean, my college roommate showed me a Mike Birbiglia special, comedy special, my freshman year of college. I've been a fan ever since. I even saw his movie, which I didn't like, about improv. Oh, really? Because it wasn't funny. Yeah. But it was a good movie about improv, I guess, but I don't know. It wasn't funny. I, I know a lot of people had it as their number one movie of the year. I didn't like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I love this new comedy special. It's got a beginning, middle, and end. It, it just you know throws you through a loop. I, I recommend it highly. Is this on uh, Netflix? On Netflix. Okay. It's called The New One. <laughs> All right. I watched a fun who done it on Amazon Prime with Glenn Close. It's an Agatha Christie uh, who done it? It's called crooked house. Ryan Johnson Ooh. recommended it on a couple of podcasts that I was listening to a couple interviews of Ryan Johnson. Look, it's not great, but it's a successful who done it. And you have Glenn close. I have to I co- watch that. Immediately. It's on Amazon prime. Yeah. Watch it immediately. Yeah. I got You got, you have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> Any book updates, Michael? I watched, I, I watched, I listened to as you wish. Inconceivable tales (laughs) from the making of the Princess Princess Bride. This is by Carrie Elways. It's just so pleasant. It would have been funny if the first chapter was about the Princess Bride and then he just takes (laughs) it right immediately. (laughs) All saw. (laughs) Look, Carrie Elways. Talks about from beginning to end, from the audition to the, you know, the the effect on the nation from its, you know, breakthrough on home video and what everybody thinks of it now and how it's in cult status and they're having special screenings for it all the time. Mike, I mean, this is the beginning to the end of The Princess Bride from talking about it as a novel and the screenwriter showing up on set and not knowing how to act on set. I mean, uh, you know, Reiner's all over this. He's 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 hilarious. I loved every second of this. You got Andre the Giant stuff. You got Robin Wright stuff. You got all kinds of anecdotes on everybody in the cast. Uh, It's like six and a half hours. It was on sale on Audible for five bucks or six bucks, whatever it was last month. And I couldn't help but buy it. And I listened to it in like two days. They keep flirting with remaking it. Don't. You can't. Don't. You can never. I just typed it in now while you were talking to see if there was anything... There's nothing. There's still more rumors and stuff. But they keep flirting with just remaking that property. I hope they never do. That is lightning in a bottle. William Goldman should not be rewritten yet. Like, that's uh, fair. Yeah, not, that's a good point. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to do it 50 years from now, if it, if then it is yeah. dated or whatever, fine. But not but, but, like, there's a reason we haven't remade all about Eve, yet, even though we're probably going to, you know? <sighs> Yeah. Don't do that. I know. Well, all right. That's the uh, that's the rundown. That's the look around the Hollywoods as it were. We obviously, as always, want to know your thoughts, comments, questions, concerns. Did you watch Queen and Slim? Do you have thoughts on it? Did you watch anything else that Mike just ran down in his watching of the last couple weeks? Are you excited for anything that we've previewed as far as the trailers at the top of the show go? We want to hear from you. Leave us those thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, and anything else we do here in the MMO Empire, you can leave us those at Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, at MMO oscar on twitter mike mike and oscar at gmail.com.com and on reddit we are available everywhere you hear podcasts including and especially apple podcast and if you would be so kind if on your iphone going on the apple podcast app that little purple square with the white L ways sticking out of the middle of it <laughs> tap on that type in mike mike and oscar into the search tap on our logo and you can scroll down once see the opportunity to leave us five stars if you would do that that would mean a lot to us michael what is coming next what are some words of wisdom to end this episode on it is wise to get excited for 2020. I think. I mean, that was a fun way to take a break from the Oscar race and get and get hype for 2020 yeah. uh, movies. And we do this year round, folks. So I mean, this is something that we love to do. We, I'm glad we have these two shows to do it on. We cover the Oscars the hell out of that in our one show. We probably should have reviewed all these other movies in a in a larger format, but we've kept. To MMOW because it's who we are, branding problems aside. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's wise. I think it's wise because we get to do like a movie event on Star Wars next week and we get to do both of these things. That All that being said, we're going to continue to review Oscar movies and Oscar contenders in Oscar Race Checkpoint, our weekly news and variety show on awards season. I, we're thinking of Richard Jewell, but at the very least, you'll get a review on Waves. You will get a, a review on The Two Popes coming up in one shape, way, shape, or form. Uh, But you'll also get Mike's takes on Marriage Story. We'll have another MMOW for the end of next week, we think. And you'll have Star Wars Middle of the Week and that sounds like a loaded week to me I was just clicking around to see if Tenet had dropped yet on us and I don't think it's out there yet Right. but it will be very fitting that later tonight of course <laughs> that thing is sure it's coming to drop uh, but we you do an episode um... <laughs> featuring all these trailers and then the Tenant trailer drops like the biggest trailer drops after well I'll just listen to Blue Monday and ignore it that's good uh, that's, uh, that's my words of wisdom guys uh, when reality sucks you can come watch movies and all these trailers with us we are Mike, Mike and Oscar trying to make award season year round without the fluffy stuffiness, whateverness. I have stuffiness. We'll see you very soon. See ya.